What's up, everybody? This is Will Chow, and welcome to yet another episode. An amazing, this is probably probably going to be the best episode so far of my podcast show. I, you know, I'm going to change the name yet again. I've changed the name every episode of the podcast show, and here's why I'm going to change it again. So the last name I had for it, and literally, this thing is live, so I think I literally have to change how they're listed on all those directories, Spotify, Apple, each time. But the last name I mentioned was uh, something like uh, Dad Pod. And I wanted to, I think it was uh, like Dad Pod colon a popcorny talk show on this, the discussion of millennials or something like that. And I changed the name because the initial name was just Dad Pod Millennial Secrets, which didn't even, which didn't even make sense. Like the whole thinking behind that was like, yeah, the, dad pod is a cool play on words, but I'm not a dad. And then like, I was like, okay, well, I, I want the show to be on millennials. So maybe I'll just call it like millennial avocado toast, but I wanted to play with the dad pod thing. So then it just got weird and it turned into this weird thing. And here's the thing. I went on uh, my phone uh, today and I looked up Dad Pod and there's already like two fatherly podcasts on the topic where like dads just kind of talk about their life and I'm like, yeah, I don't want that to be the assumption about my pod what my co- podcast is about because it's not about dad. So clearly, I'm not very clever. That said, I was like, okay, I have a few other ideas. So I said, like, what if I made this show called Pod Dam? And I thought that was a nice play on words until I searched it up and like, turns out like 15 other shows had already been there before me. So then I was like, okay, what if I did something like Pod Save America and I did something like, I don't know, like Pod Save the Country or something. And I was like, no, that's that's not going to work. And so I, I still am not sure about the name. So I'm just going to sit with what the name is now, but. It's going to be changed to something else. I'm thinking just like avocado toasty or something like that. Um, Avocado toasty, a pod show on millennials. Oh, another one I was thinking was millennials fucking rock. Just plain and simple. Because I think that's really what this show is about. It's what essentially boils down to is a pop, corny, light, freewheeling, fun show with complete freedom about what I say like no structure no um no rules no no one trying to like tell me what to do or how to say it um or what I can and can't say and just talk about um frankly millennial topics like uh, you could argue that they're general young topics so anyone who's like age 10 to even 35 right now fits into that demographic. So like, I think the true millennial definition of that term is like a little more rigid and shorter than that. So I'm, I think someone, anyone like who's currently 18 to like 32 or something is considered a millennial, but really just young person topics that I think, I mean, there's so many. And, and I think, a lot of podcasts just kind of pick them up on their own, but I really wanted a show that like really focused on this demographic and said, we're freaking awesome. And there's all these things that we could talk about that I feel like 
it's almost like a secret language, like an inside joke. Like only young people of that age range, more or less, really know what it is. Um, I mean, sure, some savvy old people can can relate as well, but I, I just feel like there's so much. And this time, I have a few topics that I think would really fall well into this category. Um, I mean, there's just so many millennial topics, like everything from avocado toast to like the car you drive, like Teslas. Um, they're all like kind of millennial themed topics. Buying a house is another one. Um, but I don't want to choose just the formal ones. There's a lot of like just really like uh, weird, niche social media, but also very popular things that just millennials just get. Like if I were to mention like uh, Twitch or uh, Cards Against Humanity or uh, uh, Chick-fil-A maybe, like millennials just get that stuff. They get it. They understand it. They know what the ice bucket challenge is. And I think that's really what I want to talk about. I, I think it's just going to be so fun. So first topic is... Let's, well, let's just start with um, one of the more niche ones because I want to address a point. Let's talk about Teslas. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, do, let's go even more niche. Let's talk about Twitch. So here's the thing. Not all millennials are created equal. Not millenn- We don't just all like follow some weird computer program and know every little thing that every other millennial is supposed to know. For example, a lot of people don't know what Twitch is or live streaming is. Uh, our age and I think it's a shame but um, it definitely is a huge thing but also um, focus on just like a small portion of millennials more so the male nerdy gamers but still it's, it's huge so if you're not familiar twitch is basically this uh, streaming service it was bought by Amazon a while ago um, and it was and still is one of the top gaming streaming platforms, if not the only streaming platforms. Um, about like 10 or so years ago, there's a couple competitors, but then like um, Twitch pretty much won that competition. And I think the Amazon acquisition helped. They just had more money to flow into it and make it better. And now everyone pretty much uses Twitch. And now, I mean, a few people use YouTube to stream gaming, but it's just not as native. It's just not as good because Twitch just has all these, like, in-game chat responses and features that is just unparalleled. Like, you can literally, like, um, it's not just donating money. Like, they have, like, all these, like, built-in chat things where you can, like, say certain things and emojis will pop up or, like... You can also say another thing and donate something and uh, it'll fill the screen. And there's all these like small things where you can do to like earn points and like all, all this really cool stuff. Um, but the thing is like, yeah, depends on which millennial you're talking about. If you're talking to a female millennial who loves pumpkin spice lattes and uh getting wasted at parties, drinking beer, and uh, loves to shop at Forever 21, and kind of likes football and yoga, and um, spends their time more or less going to brunches. Yeah, that's 
you're probably not the demographic where they're going to, you know, know what Twitch is or how big of a emerging and it's no longer emerging really. It is a huge video gaming streaming platform that has turned esports into um, many would argue a real sport because it's getting more coverage worldwide um, and more people tuning in for world championships, especially for games like League of Legends, than like serious competitive sports do. Like millions of people are tuned in. Uh, now, that aside, I think um, what I want to talk about with Twitch is just kind of like my experience with it. So um, I was really into it, really on the hype train early on, probably around like 2012, 2013 is really where, um, and I'm being conservative. It was maybe it was earlier, but I want to estimate later so that I'm not hyping it up. But I was on there and I was like studying it and I was trying to figure it out from all angles, from like the broadcaster angle. Like I wanted to see how they made, because even back in that time, like, there was people making serious money on Twitch just like from people donating or um, yeah, it was basically, basically through donations. Um, and I mean, you still had to be really good. You had to be the best of the best of the best, or you just had to have a really good personality to get any streamers uh, stream. Pe like you needed like thousands of people watching to really succeed on there. And like only a few were able to get that. But if you did, like you can make some good money. Like some of them made a living off just streaming and getting donations um, from their fans. And, um, you know, some people even, some people that I knew that uh, love Twitch as well, they just love watching others play. They, they're, they're in awe at their level of skill at whatever game they're playing. And they love that kind of celebrity thing. So they, they donate to get like noticed by that person to ask a question or leave a comment. Um, and then back in those days, like there's also like uh, moderately hot girls. And I say moderately because like depends on what your measuring stick is. But like classically compared to classically attractive like models you see on Instagram, they weren't that attractive. But um, I think it was because they spotted this opportunity first off and they played video games and they knew how to set up a streaming thing, which like, again, you can forget like certain women even understanding that because they just weren't interested in that topic. So you had like pretty average to like slightly above average girls who were streaming and some of them were doing really well just because like a lot of dudes who like that stuff aren't good with girls in real life. And like, boom, um, they see a girl who's streaming and it's eye catching and they, you know, try and follow her and all this stuff. And back in those days, like there weren't as many people doing it and uh, they could, most of them were just like pretty bad at the game. Some were actually like a f couple, uh, because I watched uh, a good amount. I, I would say a couple were like decent. Um, no, no, some were really good, but like most of them were just not that good. And um, yeah, they just never really uh, got good, but they were good personalities and they knew what the guys were there for. And so they played that well. And some of them still to this day make money from streaming on Twitch. 
Um, and so that was another thing. And then by like 2014, early 2014, um, I was kind of like, I just quit Twitch Cold Turkey until like this year, really, where uh, Fortnite has been has just blown up. And I just checked out Twitch again to kind of like see how it was. And the reason I stopped was because like you, you get sick of it at some point. And you're like, you, you try and follow people who play League of Legends and you're like, man, I'm just like, I'm kind of, I get, I get it. After watching like a hundred hours of this guy playing, I get that you're good. And like, I more or less get how you play. And that's just not translating into what I do. So like, I'm kind of done with watching you all. Um, so that was that. And then I just kind of like got off Twitch for a long time. And then as far as like the girls, I, I never really watched the girls streamers that much. Um, like I, I kept up with the landscape cause like professionally as a career, like it was always in the back of my mind, like, is there any way I could turn this into a career? And I thought to do that, I had to know like all the ins and outs of it. So I kept tabs on everyone just to kind of like understand the scene. But like, yeah, after a while, the girl streamers, it's just like, you know, you watch it and it's entertaining and some of the girls are fairly hot and they show a lot of cleavage on purpose for that reason. I, I would even equate it to like light porn webcamming in a way. It's it's com almost like they're webcamming, but they're also doing what they enjoy, which is gaming. And they've found a niche where there's low supply, high demand. A lot of dudes who love this hobby and it happens to be a hobby that has a horrible girl-guy ratio. So here, here, here comes a little bit of supply. And, of course, the demand is high. And voila, a lot of these girls get, like, this uh, this success. Um, I would say, like, the one last thing I want to point out about it before I move on is that, like, it was not always great for the broadcasters a lot of the times. So, I mean, the Internet can be a very hateful, toxic place a trollish place and just to be frank like a lot of the girls or dudes who couldn't handle it i mean think about it. these were a lot of very introverted uh dudes who would just like spend their time online all day they would get very uh rude or just uh, perverted or just mean um so you kind of have to handle that or expect it or realize that's like just how it is and there's that balance that you have to play like how much of this are you willing to deal with for the money that you may or may not make based on donations and how long are you planning on doing this? So it was all kind of interesting how it played out. Some girls I thought were uh, smarter than others. Like they clearly saw this as like a temporary thing to like hold them over or just do what they enjoy. But they knew that like at some point, like, uh, you know, they would get older and they wouldn't be as attractive or like something would just change in the environment and they wouldn't have as many followers. So they never treated it as something serious, but like some people clearly they just had no plan. They, but they had gone all in on it. They're like, yeah, I'm straight up paying for my apartment with the streaming. And like, I'm just going to keep doing this. And clearly they had no like five or 10 year plan, like for when they got older or when they started age and they weren't as pretty. Um, but it was just very fascinating. And there's some that just like uh, did a good job with it. Like um, I think one of them, 
like one of them who I kind of like uh, found out about recently, like a year ago, because I just wanted to keep tabs on Twitch again because I kind of lost touch. Um, not much has changed, by the way. Um, after I kept tabs, I was I, this one streamer, ST Peachy. She does a great job of it, where she still has a full time job as a dental assistant, but she clearly makes a decent boatload from streaming on the side and she does i think she streams like pretty much all the time as well so it's pretty much like her second job in a way but she clearly loves it she clearly loves some nerdy topics like she's not an ultra nerd or knows all the like fandom or gamer speak but like she knows enough she stays around those areas she stays around the game she likes and clearly she does a great job but like I, I think she has like a stable plan going more or less. Like she's not just going all in on this and like hoping it, it doesn't just dry up all of a sudden. So I will, there's Twitch for you. Um, let's jump into like something more mainstream that many millennials will talk about. Oh, let's talk about NSYNC. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. So those boy bands, I'll say, did you know, fun fact, the Backstreet Boys are the highest gross-selling boy band of all time. That was mind-boggling for me for a few reasons. Um, first is just that they're still around. Like Most boy bands, like they have a few years and they just die out. For some reason, I think they revived or maybe they just kept going. Um, I think they were... But like, they're like 30 years old or something. Um, and there's still all five or six of them are still performing and they do really well and they've sold a hundred million records. And, you know, just for comparison, BTS is the top boy band right now in the world. They're a K-pop band and they're one of the, they're the most talked about topic on Tumblr. So they're not, they're not small fry. BTS has barely sold 5 million records. So I just find that extremely fascinating. There's definitely something that they're doing right with their longevity and how they're playing out. And when you compare the two, like I think BTS, if they stick together and last for that long, they will beat Backstreet Boys because they just, if you've ever seen any of the BTS music videos, their dance and singing capabilities are like 10 times better than Backstreet Boys. Like they choreograph things on a very professional, like America's best dance crew level. And it's not just like very simple, synchronized, like movements of arms and legs, like the Backstreet Boys. That was another time, another era where things were, I think, less competitive. Um, but I think just the longevity and the buildup of that has built over to 100 million records. That's insane. That's like a probably billion plus dollars in sales who knew the Backstreet boys were so good uh, by the way i still love their songs um i listen to them from time to time uh, they're just classic songs i only know like a couple of them uh the, the most popular ones same thing with nsync um love justin timberlake who went on to do great things but nsync same type of thing i remember both of uh those bands on tv when i used to watch tv as a kid and the commercials would play, and they like almost every other commercial break for like a year, they would just play a straight up like Backstreet Boy commercial, and then like 
tell you to like call in. I think you had to call in to order a CD. Like imagine that, like this was a time when like records were outdated, but like you had CDs and that's how you got your music fixed. You would buy a CD, put it into a CD player and just listen to the music through there. And you had like 10 songs, a CD. And I never really called in or did any of that. Cause like, it's just, I, you know, it was one of those weird things where like, well, you were a kid first off and my parents didn't have that much money. So they sure as heck weren't going to call some sketchy c- company over the phone, pass over their credit card information, or you, maybe at that time you still had to mail a check or something. But I, I don't think credit cards were that popular back in the day when Backstreet Boy was like popular. And so like, I was like, man, this band is really cool. I see them a lot in commercials. They're hip. And then I started hearing about it a little bit more in school. But we never bought the things. We ne- I never bought the CDs. I don't think anyone else I knew ever really bought them. And there was a phase where like people would sing the songs in school. They would play the songs during PE and during lunch or any type of celebration or holiday party or morning announcement we had in school. But like, I don't think anyone really like flaunted or really talked much about having that CD or buying it. So interesting times. Now we can hear this play their songs for free. And I just think out of, I wouldn't say all, but a lot of millennial habits or trends and stuff, definitely the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, their songs are something where if you hear someone else playing them, or if I hear someone else playing them or singing them, or if I just listen to them myself, you just you just think that's a classic millennial. I love the song. I love this guy. At least that's what I think. And I hope that's what other fellow millennials think when they hear that song being played. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I would say hopefully for the most part, that's the case. Um, While we're on the topic of songs, another one I want to talk about is Soaking Up the Sun. I think the song is called Soak Up the Sun by Sheryl Crow. Now, this song was a song that if you don't know what the song is, just search it up and listen to it. It probably sounds familiar. You've probably heard it somewhere before. This was a classic beach song. And of course I lived nowhere near a beach and didn't rarely had a chance to go to a beach unless for vacation. But I would hear the song and it was such a catchy tune, but like um, I would hear it all the time in like middle school and stuff. Uh, Cause we would have like morning announcements, which they would stream on TV. I don't know how they hooked up the TVs back in those days to literally have like a mini news anchor type of thing going, but they did. And before the live news would play, they would just play random pop songs until like a certain time where the news went live. And so like this song would play fairly often throughout the year, even when it was like winter to springish, um, it would play. And like it was such a catchy song. I love the beat, but back then I was just self-conscious and it was such a girly song that I was like, there's no way I'm going to ever jive to this beat and let others know that I like it because it was so girly. Now, the thing was, this, uh, there, I had a, a situation where um, it didn't impact me until years later, but I was like, man, you should just do what you want, whether or not others care. Uh, so basically, like one time the song was playing in class. And I was sitting there just kind of not bopping around, just being like this cold, not cold, but like introverted guy, like silently 
hiding his appreciation for the song. And we had this other dude there who was just the opposite of me. Um, and a lot of people didn't necessarily like him because he was just so annoyingly like this. But he was kind of like super upbeat, super like, um, super like, I want to do this because I like it. And that's that. And so he was kind of like this average kind of looking dude, brown hair, bowl cut kind of guy, a little overweight. And he was just jiving to the song. And a lot of people found him annoying, not while he was jiving to the song, but just in general. And I was just there and he was just bumping to the beat. And the song was going, you know, it was like, it was like, it's not... I can't sing it for you guys, but um, if you ever heard a song, it goes something like, it's not having what you want. It's wanting what you got. I'm gonna soak up the sun. And then he was just bumping to it. Like his head was shaking back and forth and he was just loving it. And out of nowhere, I just reacted to that. And I was like, you know, this is a girl song, right? And he was just like, I don't care. And, you know, looking back many years later, I'm like, you know what? You know what? You're right. It is a girl song. But you love that song too. Like, why couldn't you just dance to it? And I also understand that it was a tough time in middle school because, like, there's tons of dudes and they're judging you and they're telling you what's cool, what a guy can do, what a guy can't do so that they're not lame. So probably some of that culture came through. Um, and this guy was just like flamboyantly like expressive, expressing himself. He was kind of effeminate in his behavior. And looking back, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was gay. Uh, but nonetheless, like, even though I'm straight, like, I feel like at least partially in that situation in that class, I don't think anyone else in the near vicinity was watching me who really cared or noticed. So I could have just jived along with that song with him. But I guess I was so caught up in my own societal insecurity that I had to make that remark. And looking back, that's it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, at least one of my favorite old school pop songs. Um, and so if I were to do it again, and I'm still working on this today, like if I'm just like shopping or at the gym, like it's still super embarrassing. And I can tell like most men are still this way. They're just insecure about expressing any um, like passion to music. Um, at least the the shy, like, like the shy engineer types, which there's a lot of, like wherever you go, like the computer engineer, programmer types, um, even though, you know, and yeah, some of them go to the gym. Some of them are actually very jacked and stuff, but like there's still kind of that angular, rational personality, you know, they're clearly insecure about it and they won't drive to it. And some of them will even try and drag you down and prevent you from doing it if they see you doing it because they're insecure and they want to be less insecure um, in comparison. But like, I try and like fight that. I'm like, man, I like this song. 
man, some people might think it's dorky or lame, but I love this Justin Bieber song or I love this uh, Dua Lipa song and I'm going to jive and dance to it. And you know what? Like, like a few months ago, there's this one dude at my gym. Uh, he only stayed there for a short while, but like every day, like a good song came on and he would just like jive to it. Like his whole body, his arms would just jive to it. He was this cool African-American dude. And uh, frankly, like he got nothing but compliments. Like a couple people went up to him and uh, well, maybe just one, but uh, not including myself. They went up to him. I saw at least one and they were just like, man, I wish I could do what you do, but I'm just too insecure to like just dance. And he's like, and I told him that myself when I got the chance and he was just like, it's, it just comes naturally, man. I'm just doing my thing. And like, you could tell, like, like he was just enjoying his life. And so like, yeah, I, I would say like, love that song by Cheryl Crow. I recommend you check it out. Millennial Memories, man. Hashtag Millennial Memories. Backstreet Boys in sync. Incredible group. Um, and just do what you want. Like, do what you want. Care a little bit less. You, you don't have to stop caring, but care a little bit less what others think because it might not be bad. And, uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Uh, check out twitch.tv if you haven't, just if you're curious because you never know. You may like watching someone do a speed run of Mario or – uh, just, you know, go ham killing people with guns and in front of a $10,000, 10,000 people live audience. Anyhow, thanks for watching. Hit that subscribe button. Or thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe. See you later. Mm -hmm.